in the kettle on the stove. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Great that you're doing good. Uh, so glad you joined me back or come on back, all those things. Uh, so welcome. Got some uh, news or some things I want to share coming up later in the, the show. But uh, first I want to say, you know, we're going to do scenes or scenes, topics from a hat. Um, I'm going to, uh, I think in episode two, second show I did, I asked folks for some suggestions. I put them on my hat, pulled them out, did a whole bunch of topics. Didn't, haven't done that since. So now this is 22, episode 22. So I think what, we're 20 shows later. Why not give it a shot? So um, we're going to get right to that. We also have, of course, the Song of the Week, Word of Words, uh, the History section, It's Been, and uh, some other newsy, notesy things that uh, we'll get to later on. A little teaser, a little there. Hey, keep you listening. Keep you there. Keep you going, what's up? What's he saying? What's on his mind? That's what you got to wait for. So, <clears throat> excuse me. We're going to get right to... Topics from a hat. So uh, I tried my best not to really focus on what they were yet. Uh, You know, I had to look at them. I had to read them. Made them up. I copied and pasted them onto my notes and then I printed them out. Cut the paper, made little slips, threw them into the hat. So I've seen them. I But I tried not to focus on what they all are and really think about anything. I wanted to be open-minded and fresh with these as much as I could. And I think I've been successful. Been spending the day doing other things. So now that it's time to do this and record it and uh, read them, I remember basically what's here, but not specifically. So with that all said, I think I said that earlier, but with that all said, let's get to scenes, scenes. It's uh, from whose line, that, that thing? Topics from a hat. So first topic from the hat is from Rob. Hoffman, what is the prop? What is the proper reaction to someone spoiling major events like Endgame or Game of Thrones? What is the proper reaction to someone spoiling a major event? Um, that all depends on where you stand in that event. If you are a big Game of Thrones fan or a big um, Avenger Endgame uh, fan, if you're really into this stuff and someone decides to take it upon themselves to ruin your fun, 
Well, then I think you have every right to be mad at that person. I don't think you can take it to a level of violence. I don't think you can take it to a level of unfriending unless they were a peripheral friend at that. Then cut them out, maybe, if if that's how strongly you feel about it. The proper reaction would to get pissed off. I think that's without question. If you were waiting for something to happen and someone ruins it for you, everyone, universal, I think, universal meaning the entire universe. I mean, aliens on distant planets and aliens in other galaxies billions of light years away. Everything. Everything. Trees. Plants. Trees have been waiting for thousands of years for, you know, this thing to happen. And we've gone fucking plowed over and they're fucking pissed. They should be. Someone, your your natural reaction is to be pissed. And that is okay. That is proper. And... Perfect moment. Boiling. If you get mad enough to boil like my tea. <laughs> How's that for a segue, folks? Uh, then it is okay. It is proper to get that mad. Uh, but to lash out physically? No, you shouldn't do that. Should uh, you call them out in social media for being a spoiler? Yeah, I don't see why not. Uh but that's sort of playing into their game of being childish and silly. I mean, we're all adults here. If you ask me not to ruin something, I won't ruin it. Um, do I necessarily agree with all of it sometimes? Probably not. I could care less, most likely. But I wouldn't ruin your fun. I completely agree with the point of everyone has their fun. We all have our individual things that we love. And if I can not spoil that for you, I think that's a good thing. So I did uh, one of the sillier things I've done in a while. Poured the tea but left it in the kitchen. So I had to come back. So yeah, I, I would advise folks, you know, don't be spoilers. Be a normal adult. Be a person of character. And don't spoil things for people. And the people who say, you know, no spoilers, I can respect that. You just want that to be known. And that's cool. But you should also be aware that there are assholes out there who will, just because you say don't, they will try. Um... So for those people, uh, hopefully cut them out of your life. And uh, yes, your the proper reaction is to be pissed. Answer that one. So, next one. Joe Kenyon asked, new board games and how much more involved they are compared to the classics. Yes, yes, I will agree. They are, the games nowadays seem to be much more involved. I... For many years, me and a friend, Phil Whiting, we would play board games on his back porch at the house. And uh, Monopoly, Life, 
payday. Blizzard of 77. Uh, if you're not from Buffalo, Blizzard of 77 was an actual event that completely, completely devastated the city for about 10 days or so. Uh, only snowed about three inches, but there was a, approximately a foot and a half of snow on top of Lake Erie which was frozen solid and a massive windstorm picked all that snow up. So you got to figure hundreds of square miles of foot, foot and a half snow just sort of pushed all the way into Hamburg and Buffalo and Lackawanna and just buried us. And we remember it so fondly, we made a board game out of it. And entitled it Blizzard of 77. You know, we're not very original, but we made the board game. And uh, so we would play that one. Or All Around Buffalo was another Buffalo-based board game where you had to go shopping and stop in various spots throughout the area. And they took you to East Aurora and Tanawanda and, you know, Orchard Park and all the places and all the sights and sounds of no sounds really it's a board game but they you know you did travel around buffalo and i used to love that game they were fun and they were easy the rules fit on the back of the box and even if you didn't have the rules or you just decided to ignore the rules it was so self-explanatory one of my favorite games of all time uh was one with ron and tim and richard and it was the Raiders of the Lost Ark board game. And you had to travel around the world to try and collect one of three objects or, or all, all of, you know, th there were three objects you needed to collect. Uh, the Staff of Ra, the Ark itself, and, uh, oh, geez, Marie, there was a third one. And now I can't recall it. But it used to... We used to play this game just, and, we're, and we were just ridiculous about it. We were, you know, just silly. But the rules were so easy and so simple that it was, it, you didn't need to focus on rules and, and regulations and stipulations. You just played and you just had fun. Where I've been to game nights with comedy sports and with various friends and groups in different game nights and different uh, parts of my life. And some of these games are so overly complicated, it seems like. And once you finally figure it out, you've been sitting around talking for an hour and a half and it's like, or 45 minutes, whatever it is. But you're just like, what did, what did we do? Did we play yet? Is this the game? Figuring out the game? I think that would be a fun game. I think that's the game I'm going to come up with. It's going to be a game called Let's Explain the Game. And the whole game is one person trying to explain a game to the rest of the group. And each time it changes because the game would give you different rules and things to go on and then allow you to make up your own in the next part of the game and 
uh, yeah, no, that's that's the game. Is you know, it's called let's let's learn the game. I think that's going to be the new game that we're going to come up with, the Francis Bacon experiments new board game. Let's explain the game. Uh, copyright pending. <laughs> so, <clears throat> excuse me. Next topic is from Trisha. Escalators. Just escalators. Okay. Uh, I like escalators. And they are very functional. They're good. I have seen some funny videos of people who don't understand escalators because they're new to them. Uh, I believe I saw one from Uzbekistan where this group of women were just afraid. It seemed like they were really unsure of what was going on. And uh, so I do remember now, uh, years ago, reading, there are two escalators in the whole state of Wisconsin. Oh, no, no, sorry, Wyoming. Wisconsin's got a lot of them. In the state of Wyoming, there are two escalators. Now, I say two. Some will say four. And here's where now I have a debate or I have a problem. Uh, if you have a up escalator and no other escalator, no down anywhere around it, just an up, then that is one escalator. But I think to make it a proper process, to make it proper escalators, to make entrance and egress and all those little things functional, you need the up and the down. And I don't care what configuration you have them, where they're next to each other, parallel lines, or they're next to each other skewed, uh, or they are across a plaza with one up on this side and one down on that side. Either way, I think the two of them constitute one escalator. That is just my opinion. So, some will say they have two up escalators and two down escalators. One up and one down is in a bank. I believe it's in Cheyenne. And another up and down is in another bank in uh, Laramie, I believe. I And I... Th th this is all from... Memory, this is all from something I remember now reading years ago and just being mystified and baffled that there were only two escalators in the entire state of Wyoming. So um, I like escalators. I feel they're, they're mildly pointless um, because stairs are functional and elevators work too. I get why you might use them, why you might have them, uh, but if you don't need them, 
why the expense? I believe there are more escalators in the Walden Galleria than there are in the entire state of Wyoming. So with that, you know, escalators are are good. I'm all right with them. I mean, I wonder if kids find it like a ride. Yay, let's go to the bank and ride the escalator. So uh, you never know. All right, new topic. Drew Ludwig asks, or states, I haven't watched the Wheel of Fortune in a while, but it always annoyed me how they shouted guesses. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it was, it is sort of weird why people are like, I'll take an A! It's like, well, okay, you got a microphone on. You know, you could probably just say, you know, can I buy a vowel? A. Uh, <clears throat> I think they yell from excitement. I think they yell because there's a distance between the board and them. And maybe the thought is the board needs to hear them. Maybe they think in their head if they, if you know, Vanna. Maybe Vanna has to hear them to hit the letter. If Vanna can't hear what they're saying, she won't know what letter to press. Maybe that's in their thoughts. Maybe that's in their heads that they've got to speak to Vanna and she's so far away because I've seen that set like various times uh, they show the the whole thing and it's a wide set sometimes uh, depending if they're not on the road somewhere. But they got a pretty wide set. So maybe they're thinking they got to talk to Vanna. And so they're yelling to Vanna. You know, T! And they're just screaming to Vanna for that T. When uh, they don't have to. Probably could go normal voice. Pat Sajak's not yelling. Why do they? I think excitement. And maybe they think they got to yell to Vanna. That's... My take on that one, Drew, it's, I never really got annoyed with it, just sort of, I found it curio, you know, curious and silly, so I would giggle at it. Alrighty, next one is, ooh, it's the big one, it's the big one, uh, Adam Grisick, something that's always bothered him, the U.S. has the highest marital mortality. Uh, maternal, sorry, the highest maternal maternity rate. Uh, Let me start this over, folks. The U.S. has the highest maternal mortality rate. Mothers dying during, after childbirth. (sighs) Than any other developed country. How come most people don't know about this? And why aren't we doing more to stop it? Wow. Okay. Uh, let's take it one at a time. Um, we do have one of the highest, if not the highest, I believe. I will not debate that uh, because I believe that would be true. Of all the developed countries, uh, we have the highest uh, mortality rate. So... How come more people don't know about this? I believe 
it, it's multi it's multi leveled. Uh, there's many reasons why people don't know this. A, unless you are currently engaged in childbirth or thinking of childbirth or in the world of childbirth, you don't think about it. I mean, I have two kids, but didn't think about the mortality rate after they were born and everyone was healthy and everything was good. Once that passes, you sort of, that sort of drops away and your focus is on your kids and raising your kids and your family and that you sort of move away from that. So most people, A, don't think about it because they're not engaged in the world of child birthing and rearing and motherhood and fatherhood at that age or that time of life. Secondly, I think it is just generally assumed by most of the people that we have the best healthcare system in the world, which frankly could be further from the furthest from the truth. I I think we have probably I don't know the numbers. I do do not have charts or looking anything up at this point, but I got to believe we're not very strong in the medical field. Uh with the way we handle insurance, the way we handle healthcare, the way we do things in this country almost seems counterproductive compared to what's going on in the rest of the world. We seem to be fighting because of capitalism, because of money, because of this is how our system works or functions and and we want it to work. The people who have all the money and make all the money and want to make more of the money don't want to give up the system that has developed, which does not allow for health care in a preventative and or intelligent sort of way without greasing the palms of every, you know, every insurance and or pharmaceutical company in the country or the world, in fact, sometimes. Mm. Excuse me there. So we assume we have a tremendous healthcare system when we really are lacking in a lot of ways. So because we think that, we don't imagine that mothers are dying after childbirth in America. That's just not possible. Not in America. We have all the best hospitals and all the best this and all the best that. And yeah, that's really nice and good, but... For the people who can't afford to use the hospital or go there because insurance is so poor or insurance is so restrictive that a mother has to give birth at home and then bleeds out and dies. Or a a woman has to go through so many hoops and, and the stress and the fight that she puts up with just to have the baby is enough to kill her and does. So why, you know, where you look at countries in Europe, the the models of where people can, if they're sick, they go to the hospital. 
If they're having a baby, they go, they get the care they need. If they want to do it at home with a midwife, well, they have that. And they have the the care and the support of the system where a woman doing it here is just doing it because the system has failed her. Where there, the system doesn't fail them. So there's that assumption that we are so good that that couldn't happen here. And the reason why we're not doing more to stop it, because we are are dumb to it. We, the people who are in charge, I think, truly know what the problem is. And I truly think that they could do something about it. But there's not enough money in it for them. And I think that drives everything more than anything else is the money. And until you can make money off of, you know, healthy people like they do sick people, well, they're going to want us to be sick. And and dead doesn't make sense, you know, because you kill them, you know, you kill us and you can't make any more money off of them. But, oh well. Next topic. Oh, here's another heavy one. Is there a link between... Uh, this is from Dusty. Is there a link between everyone gets a trophy and the rise of the narcissistic behavior and rise of narcissistic behavior? I I don't... I don't see a direct line, but I do see a uh, curved, um, dotted, follow the kid in family circus dotted line to it. Absolutely. Uh, I think we in a society have gotten to a point, and I think George Carlin phrased it best when he said, we have a child fetish and it is not healthy. And I kind of believe in this. I mean, everything is geared for the child nowadays and making sure the child is mentally okay and and is happy and healthy. And I think happy is such a uh, tough word to quantify. What is happy? What is joy to someone? It It is not one thing you can say, this is happiness, this thing here, this object, this idea, this subject, this whatever you have in front of you. That's happy. But is that happy for everybody? Is that the world's happy? No. No, it just, it's, it's not. It's not happy, you know, so... What makes you happy, what makes me happy is so person-specific that uh, we shouldn't try to standardize and force people into certain things. I'm sort of getting off topic maybe. I don't know. This is where I'm going with it. Uh, And I think we are protecting and coddling and try yes yes everyone's wonderful everyone's great yes you're you're a wonderful person and we should all be encouraged our parents should all encourage us to be better people and to be good people and you know 
but we are still people and we are flawed and we are dumb and we are careless and we need to at least recognize those things. I'm not saying we should, you know, forget about caring and just be cold and callous. No. But I think there's a right and a wrong or or limit to go. And there's, you know, at some point in the past, you know, children were working in mines and you had, and back even further in years, you know, you had 12 kids because six of them weren't going to live past 10. So you were hedging your bets. You, you didn't have to, or you wouldn't have kids after a while. It just, that's how it was, you know, back then it seemed like. And now it's, uh, we're at a point where, sure, everyone gets a trophy because, you know, participate, you know, no, I, I don't agree with participation trophies and all that sort of, you know, everyone's a winner because this world is not everyone's a winner. This world is there are winners and there are losers. And to teach a child that, you know, everyone wins when in your daily life as an adult you know damn well everyone doesn't win. And it depends on what side of the coin or what side of the, the, the line you are on decides, you know, how easy or rough your day is. So, and how, you know, winner or loser you are. And it doesn't matter anything but the 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 fact is in the real world there are no winners and or there are winners there are losers there is no everybody wins and i think our youth have been lied to and they believe it and i don't think there's you know there's a narcissistic society but i do think there are some people who have are a bit more narcissistic than they uh, deserve to be. And I think it stems from wrong, you know, uh, it's intent wise, the, you know, they wanted the best. They just went about it the wrong way. And, it can go the other way where they don't give a shit and nothing, you know. So parenting is such a person-specific thing too. So I'm not going to say what's right or what's wrong, but I do think it's just, you know, in general participation, you know, that sort of stuff, yeah. It leads to a bit of narcissism that is unhealthy and probably detrimental to society. Okay. I'm babbling on these suspe- on these topics as I run around them. So, moving on to the next one, Mike Bass, life after retirement. Well, I am not to that point of retirement, so I can't say what it will be like. But if I can go by 
what I've seen with my parents and my grandparents and friends' parents and people that I know and who have reached that age. I figure life after retirement deals with a lot of doctor appointments, general aches and pains through various parts of your body at various points of the year. Uh, I think there's a lot of waiting rooms. That goes in part with the doctor's office. Traveling to warmer climates in colder times here. I see that uh, being a thing. And if my dad is any indication, he likes to say, you know, what day is it? And I'd be like, it's it's Tuesday. Oh, every day is like Saturday. Because, I mean, he worked over 44 years, I think it was, in civil service. And uh, now he's retired and doesn't have to worry about anything, really. He's got doctor appointments. Likes to do some traveling. They're planning a trip for their 50th anniversary coming up in November. They're not going to travel in November because, uh, you know, it's a cold month. You don't want to travel in the cold, but they're planning a trip. And uh, they're planning on heading down to Phoenix in the warmth and enjoying themselves. And I say mazel tov to them. Mm. Ah, there's my tea. So uh, life, at, life after retirement, I guess it's a lot of noises while standing and sitting and like standing up it's probably a lot of and sitting down there's probably a bunch of sort of noises happening just gonna say uh, that's my guess and uh, looks like I got one more topic in the hat we'll hit them all Uh, Ray Emmerman How can we cross the continent in mere hours, but can go years without crossing the street to meet that new neighbor? I think it has something to do with closeness. When you hop on a plane and you go, or you hop in the car and you go, and you get far away from your house, and far away from your neighborhood and your familiar place. For me, it is basically Erie, Wyoming County, Niagara County. Those three counties right there, I spend a lot of time. And outside of those three counties, that is my I can say my comfort zone, but yeah, it's where I'm familiar. It's my familiar zone. I leave that zone. I leave that area of familiar and I go somewhere else. 
it's new, it's adventurous. And meeting someone new and adventurous is fun. And one of the nice things about it is when you leave, they stay there. And you go and do something else. And you go to another spot and meet someone else new. And then you leave and they stay there. Where what you, who you have met stays right into that point in time. And that is a wonderful memory. You have no bad memories with them. You have no uh, anything memories. Unless, you know, your encounter was they mugged you and then you have a bad memory. But, I mean, you go to some scenic place and you meet a fellow camper and for that afternoon you sort of keep bumping into each other along the trail and this or that and you at the end of the night you guys end up getting burgers or dogs together at the camp at some campsite together and you make a new friend that uh, that weekend cool you have a good memory of that person and that is how it stays forever that good moment, that good memory, that person is always going to be a good person to you. No matter what. Uh, unless it turns out that they're a serial killer and you just happen to be um, the person you met after the killing. So you were safe. You know, who knows? I'm just... <laughs> but... Wouldn't that suck? Or it'd be great you were after the fact, but it would suck. Oh my God, that would be, I would, I don't know how I would handle that first off, but I'm getting way off here. I think that person will always be a good person to you because you have a good memory. Neighbors though, they are not only in your familiar zone, they are in your immediate familiar zone. Either right next door or right across the street, they are in your immediate familiar zone. You have to, you know, snow plows. You have to wait for snow plows together before you can, you know, leave your houses. You're not doing it together, but you're both stuck wait, you know, waiting for that plow. You both, you know, encounter each other through walks or this or that. And so they are always there. And it's for an extended period of time. And if you've had a bad experience with a neighbor in the past, it's going to make you leery to make friends in the future. And you don't want to risk, you know, a good relationship with overexposure on an acquaintance level. Unless they are your best, they become your best friend in life, a neighbor is pretty much just an acquaintance. And you don't, you know, you don't need or want necessarily that relationship. You can't pick your neighbor. You can pick the person you befriend out in the world through randomness. Uh, you meet a guy on the trail, you don't get along. You're not going to have burgers and dogs with them and 
become buddies. No, you'll just, ne you know, never speak or see each other again. You, you know, just people don't always make friends with everybody. You know that. But you don't be you're not able to pick your neighbors. So you might get some neighbor you don't want. A nosy neighbor, a person of a different political view, a person of a different religious view. Now, I'm not saying not liking or you know a neighbor or this or that for those reasons are right. I'm just saying those are reasons that you might not want to be around that neighbor, whatever the reason. So you can't choose it. So you can not engage. It's easier to not engage than it is to engage and then end it. it that makes sense. I To me, it makes sense, I think, now. The way I, I was working it in my head. I can, uh, if I don't meet you, nothing, you know, goes forward. If I do meet you, not, and then I have to break it off because I think you're a jerk or you think I'm a jerk and it ends and it's like, oh, that, that was uncomfortable. That was, oh, so who knows? Uh, who knows? But that is uh, why I think it is that you don't necessarily meet your neighbor and befriend them is because you don't want to have to unfriend them and then live uncomfortably next to them for years, which could be odd. So, right, that's uh, my take on that. And I just babbled. Thank you for listening. We got to get to the other segments real quick. So, song of the week. Uh, song of the week is from the Manic Street Preachers. If you tolerate this, your children will be next. I truly think in this climate of America today, at least the title and the song totally rings true. If we tolerate these actions, this legisla uh, the way they're legislating us, the way they're governing us, the way things are happening, the way things are developing, if we tolerate this incompetence and this form of rule, then we are setting our children up for some real pain and we are f screwing over our kids. So we must fight and resist and do what we can to fix what is so desperately being dismantled. Um, so, Song of the Week, Manic Street Preachers. If you tolerate this, your children will be next. And the Song of the Week was brought to you by, once again, Dr. Hamilton. You've been putting off that dental work for too long, and now it hurts, and you need some sedation dentistry. But you're scared. We understand. At Dr. Hamilton's, let our kind and courteous staff guide you through the sedation process. A happy customer or a happy client or a happy patient is a happy customer. And happy teeth make happy people. So come to Dr. Hamilton's for the comfortable, relaxing, 
and pain-free sedation dentistry. Dr. Hamilton, you won't wake up on your stomach. That's Dr. Hamilton, 734-6281, 734-6281, Dr. Hamilton. All right, and right on into the very next uh, segment, we're moving fast. I, a lot of topics, I talked through a lot of those topics, so we've got a quick get to these. It's now time for the Word of Words. That's right, the Word of Words this week. We're going meta. We're getting into it, folks. The Word of Words this week is Word. That's right. The Word of the Week, the Word of Words is Word. I mean, what is a word, man? Think about it. A word. It is a collection of sounds put together. And the smallest, maybe, collection of sounds that make sense. That are language-based, that make a word. You know, a word is the smallest package of sounds that makes sense and is uh, a thing. Right? Yeah, because, I mean, a sentence is a collection of words. But a word... But a word is a collection of noises that make a word. Because ah, oh, mm, p, f, k, sh, mba, la. All those sounds put together in different ways make words. Mm, uh, mm, Melon. Okay. Uh, t, e, T. Just sounds. Uh, conglomerate. Conglam. Glam. G, G, Lam. La, M, La, M. Conglam. See, you break it down to just the sounds, the noises. It's that makes no freaking sense at all. But we take those noises and we smush them together into a little package, a little nugget called a word, and there you go. So the word of this week, the word of words this week is word. The word of words. This week the word of words is brought to you by Earth. That's right, Earth. It's heavy, man. Earth. So that is the word of words. Take a sip right now. Mm. That's a good cup. It's now time for our monthly segment called It's Been. Yeah, I love that opening to the uh, Bernaked Lady song. So, it's been three years and one day since I quit smoking. I think that is the history point of the week for me. It's It's been three years, one day. So April 29th, 2016, I had some dental work done. 
and then needed to not smoke because you got to heal. And I did not want to risk doing damage, getting a dry socket because I had something removed. So I needed to be careful and be smart. So I knew I was having the work done for several months. So I just told myself, that's the day I quit. Didn't change the way I smoked. Didn't try and... I thought about it. I mentioned it from time to time, but never really did it. I never, like, scaled back, you know, less and less, less to get to that point. I just smoked like normal, but kept telling myself, I quit on the 29th. I'm quitting on April 29th. April 29th, that's the day I quit. And I just kept smoking, just like normal. Got to that day, got to the dentist, had one last cigarette, threw it down, you know, threw it away. And well, before I threw it away and everything, on that last smoke, I had a conversation with cigarettes in general and saying, you know, you've been around a long time, you've cost me a lot of money, I'm done with you, and I'm going to quit. Thank you very much for uh, helping me through some stressful moments, but right now I am done with you, and I will give you up and never try you again. And I threw him down, and I walked away, and I was good with it. And three years and one day later, I'm still good with it, and I've quit. So it's been that. That is the history moment for the month. Mm. And now, about the things I want to talk about, the surprises. I waited till almost the end of the show to drew you all the way in. June 2nd is the Pride Parade here in Buffalo. And this year, the Francis Bacon Experiment, uh, uh, the Rocky Horror Shadowcast Division of the Francis Bacon Experiment, and Hoopla, Western New York, Rochester's Rocky Horror Shadowcast, and Buffalo's Shadowcast. We're teaming together. We're going to have a float and be in the Pride Parade supporting the community that supports us. It's going to be a great event. Look for us. There'll be more things coming up. Look on our Facebook, or our, our, our Facebook page, the Francis Bacon Experiment. Uh, we will be making some announcements uh, in Tea with Kehoe on our Facebook page there. Keep an eye. We will be telling you all about new things uh, coming up with that. It's quite enjoyable. Sadly, I have two engagements that day that I cannot and you know, get out of and would not try and get out of because they're two things that I really enjoy doing. And it just so happens that the parade fell on that day. And since they were scheduled first, the parade will be missed by me. Everyone else will probably be there in uh, their Rocky Horror Splendor. So please go out and enjoy and look for us there on June 2nd. And if you enjoy podcasts and uh, YouTube videos and live streams and all that kind of fun stuff and movies, here's a nice combination. That movie show is, or thatmovieshow.com is a live streaming 
video show uh, on Facebook and YouTube. I don't know how the, on the, pro, pro, uh, the proper terminology, the nomenclature, I'm probably all wrong. But they do a live streaming show every Wednesday night at 945 Eastern Standard Time on Facebook and YouTube. And they talk about movies. Last week, I watched The Incredibles 2. I did stop about halfway through because they do explain and go through the movie. I still haven't seen Incredibles 2, so I was like, ah, I'm going to stop here because I want to see what's going to happen, and I don't want to have it ruined. Uh, thus, the spoiler thing we talked earlier, that you know that tied in nicely. Uh, coming up uh, tomorrow, or this week, Happy Gilmore. They're going to review and talk about Happy Gilmore. Now, that I'll watch the whole show of because I've seen Happy Gilmore, and I want to see what they're saying about it. So, that movie show, it's um, Terry and my website guru, Norm, they're teaming up to review movies. So they're remo- uh, reviewing Happy Gilmore tomorrow night. Check them out, uh, thatmovieshow.com, at that, uh, at that movie show on Twitter, and mail at thatmovieshow.com. Check them out. Now we're down to the last sip. Oh, first I do want to say, you know, Check us out on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at Kehoe, at uh, Kehoe T, hashtag T with Kehoe. You know all the things. Leave a message. Uh, Say hi. Check out our things on social media. There's sponsorships available. There's all these fun things you can do. So thank you for coming and joining me today. And like you do, I really appreciate it. So the last sip thought is, uh, as always, be kind to each other. Kindness is the door to happiness. So uh, let's let everyone enjoy their own happiness and open that door for them. So be kind. Uh, And speaking of doors, uh, when one door is closed and you realize it's not worth reopening, it's time to embrace the new beginnings that closed door offers. So when one thing ends, another begins. And that is uh, something to think about this week. New beginnings, moving forward, and having a happy, wonderful life. That's all we're really hoping for, right? So, remember folks, it's not about the tea, it's about the time spent. And I'm very glad you spent your time with me. Thank you kindly. You have a great week. I'll see you soon. I'm heading to Boston. Yay! Have a great week, everybody. See you soon. Turn it off.